You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to find out more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com where you'll find all of our past podcasts and other blog posts that we have up, along with some other items that you can purchase to help support the Beardcast. So we hope you enjoy listening to this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold, and we have a very special, just absolutely wonderful guest with us today. We have... Um, Margaret Gilligan, who is the DS of the Trinity District, which is Eastern um, and, and Southern Colorado, uh, the United Methodist Church out here in the Mountain Sky area. But more importantly, we have the Mountain Sky Fun Fairy on with us today. Margaret, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, uh, and all of that good stuff. Okay. So, um, as you said, I'm uh, a district superintendent, which means that I serve on the cabinet of the resident bishop of the area. And at the end of my first year of DSing, at annual conference, uh, Bishop Elaine Stanofsky, who was with us at the time, when we were getting ready to read the appointments for my district, she always, like, you know, had a little spontaneous engagement with the superintendents right at that moment, which I wasn't actually prepared for. And uh, so she looks at me and she says, we've had a good time this year, haven't we? And I'm thinking, sort of, because uh, your first year in this gig is kind of like having the first day of school as a first year teacher every week. <laughs> Because the learning curve is intense. Yeah. And so I hadn't really had what I would name as a fun experience. And so my reply to her was, well, we've had some fun or something like that. And she's like, well, you know, I've, I've been on other cabinets where we had a designated fun fairy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I like, twirled a pirouette in front of the whole stage and you have to know that I'm not a dancer I'm a klutz and so my pirouette was not exactly graceful and so like you know and the clergy are all in the front row because it was appointments were read at the same time as the ordination service so there's all these people in robes and red stoles and I'm twirling (laughs) (laughs) so that's how I became the fun fairy and I think Bishop Elaine intended for me to be the cabinet fun fairy, which really meant plan one night when we meet to do something that's not meeting. Um, So, you know, nobody dies of being serious. (laughs) And um, she really didn't grasp who she gave this permission to. And so I've always been one, if you give me an inch, I take a mile. So that's how I became the conference fun fairy, because I don't know how to contain myself. I love it. Um, serving in, in, I don't know, four different conferences in my career now. Um, you do annual conference. Anytime you gather with pastors, you do very, very almost close come to dying of boredom or seriousness or whatever when you get around clergy and being here the last couple of years. Oh my gosh, that's not a possibility. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we have a blast. And, and I think it's because this idea in this permission of, 
hey, let's actually have fun with this. This is not right. a soul-sucking gig. This is actually life-giving, and let's remember that. Exactly. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. Exactly. And so we, we talk a lot about uh, the importance of humor and being able to laugh at yourself and uh, being able to not take yourself so daggum seriously that you just die. You know, we, we talk about that quite a bit on this podcast. So, so being the fun fairy and taking on that responsibility, uh, which, which I've had the opportunity to uh, experience firsthand and it's wonderful. Um, what, I mean, just tell, tell us more about the importance of that and what it means as clergy, as pastors, as leadership, you know, from, from all aspects. So for me, really the gift of, and it was ironic to hear you use the word responsibility, um, <laughs> because I actually kind of take it as being intentionally irresponsible. Because, um, <laughs> you know, basically what being the fun fairy boils down to is actually saying out loud all the things that went through my head uh, for years and years. But I was surrounded by really serious people, and I knew that their response was going to be to pat me on the head and say, that's nice, Margaret. Go be quiet now. And being the fun fairy has given me permission to just blurt stuff out <laughs> and to have people around me laugh, be entertained by it instead of appalled, and, and sometimes even play along with me. So one of the, one of the things that... Uh, contributes to all of this is really, this is, this is my personality. Um, if you speak fluent personality profiles, I'm an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, and on the DISC, I'm an I. And <laughs> so uh, when I was participating in creating a culture of renewal, which Rebecca Simon-Peter leads, um, as a clergy member of this conference, I was actually working with a group of young clergy and we were doing a, a Zoom uh, type thing. And um, I was the only I in the group. All of them were Ds and Ss and Cs and some of them had a little bit of I, but I was the only pure I. And one of the jokes with the DISC profile is that each quadrant has like a way you can sum it up. So D, which is dominance, is the getter done style. And S, which is steadiness, is the leave no man behind style. And C, which is conscientiousness, is get it done right. And I, which is inspirational, um, is rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> And so like these guys would like, they would hear me say stuff in, in our conversations about, all right, so what's going on in your church and how are people responding to what you're trying to do? And they're all young clergy. So they're all dealing with, you know, it's their first appointment and I look like I'm 17. So nobody takes me seriously. And, and I would say things that were consistent with, my personality and they would kind of roll their eyes and go oh there she goes with the rainbows and unicorns again <laughs> and then somebody gave me a rainbow unicorn thing 
And then somebody else gave me a rainbow unicorn thing. And my younger sisters and one of my best friends from college all thought the rainbow unicorn thing was hilarious. And so I now have enough rainbows and unicorn objects that I could probably equip every first grade girl in every elementary school in Pueblo with rainbow unicorn swag. And uh, I'd still have some left. And I don't buy this stuff, but I've embraced it. Like, oh, you're like, you're recognizing me for who I am. You're, you're saying, oh, this is a good thing. This is a fun thing rather than you're driving us nuts. So. <laughs> Which us eyes don't hear that very often, right? <laughs> well, right, right. Like, you know, always, always. My whole life growing up, it was, you're too loud, you're too much, you're too silly, you're too whatever. And, and now it's like, I have this permission to be as big as I naturally was created to be. And so that, to me, that's really the gift of it. And that's the joy of it from a theological perspective is I'm, I'm finally getting to live into who I was created to be and the gift of personality that I came into this world with. As a C, <laughs> I um, am a C. I am a I, C. I'm a C. Not that. Not that. Not C. that, that, not that kind of C. Um, well, I guess. And yes, I am that kind of C. I guess I'd have. Yeah, that, that's a whole other problem if I wasn't. Um, but um, as a C, um, I like to process things. But I have to admit, I love it when I see eyes really being eyes and being like you said, <laughs> rainbows and unicorns. Like, yeah, like yeah, like my associate pastors and I and so like yeah like I love it when she has that joy and gets to bring that joy and um and I and it's not that I don't need that I call them shenanigans and I'm I love doing shenanigans um, <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, because I think it's I think it brings health um you know one of the kind of like the vital factors of of healthy congregations is laughter um, in the midst of, of worship and everything that we do. And if we're not laughing, why are, you know, kind of like, you know, is this life giving or, I mean, does it, I mean, annual conference can be soul sucking if it's, if we don't have laughter um, and, and we need people like that. And I think that that's vital and important. And so like, what's one of the bigger shenanigans that you've led <laughs> um, in, in your time of being the fun fairy? Well, at clergy orders two years ago, um, Walmart had had these great big huge animal heads uh, before, like in preparation for Halloween. And somebody mentioned to me that they had seen a unicorn one. So I almost never go to Walmart, but I made a special trip. <laughs> and, and that's the one unicorn that I have actually purchased. Everything else has been gifted to me. But I went and bought a unicorn head and then I wore it um, to greet people as they arrived for clergy orders. Nice. So, and then uh, last year at annual conference, um, I got a blow up unicorn suit for somebody to wear and God bless him, uh, the director of the camp that's in my district, Peter Creek, um, Gene Hanning, uh, uh, wore the unicorn suit and I got like the, it had like a fairy princess, like uh, the, that conical crown from the medieval Renaissance period. I got to wear the crown and he wore the unicorn and we ran around um, having fun with folks. 
But like with the cabinet, the biggest shenanigan I think I ever pulled was with Bishop Karen Olivito. Um, I just happened to, you know, again, blurt it out, pop out of my mouth without thinking, yeah, it would be fun. And she's like, what? And I'm like, well, you know, we should do like James Corden's uh, carpool karaoke. <laughs> and, uh, and so at dinner, she's like, yeah, we should. And I'm thinking, oh, that's great. We'll do that Sunday. She's like, no, 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 no. We'll do it tonight. And <laughs> so during dinner, we sat there and, you know, made up new words to mama, don't let your kids grow up to be cowboys, except we said preachers. And, um, and then we all like crowded our heads into somebody's uh, car and we sang very badly um, <laughs> these new words to this song. And of course, posted it on Facebook because nice. that's what yeah. Bishop Karen does. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, and, and what I love about all of this is, is I think at, at some point along the history of, <laughs> of our denomination, there, there's been, we, we've created walls and divides between uh, clergy and district superintendents and bishops and leadership in and to come back down or to, to come to come here to be in the mountain sky and to see a completely broken down wall of that and people are approachable district superintendents approachable bishop karen's approachable uh and we'll have real honest conversations with you and laugh and in i've been in other places where clergy have had a hard time building relationships with leadership mm -hmm. because they're afraid that that's something's going to be held over them you know or that's going right. to be held against them and, and I don't that's not here um all and, and like I said it's all because we're willing to laugh with each other you know there we are serious when we need to be serious there's no doubt about it but there's moments for laughter there's space for that there's permission for each and every person to be who they are uh in a valuable beautiful way and and to see that from all of our leadership is huge it's so important and I think that trickles down to us as pastors to go, oh, we can have fun too. Right. We can have fun in our churches. We can have fun on Sunday. We can laugh. We can make, uh, we can do some things that we normally maybe not do just to prove, you know, to, to get a laugh, to prove a point, to let something seek in for our congregations, to remind them that, hey, we're, we're people too, you know, which is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Matt, I want to go back to your comment about being a C and your associate being an I. Um, I think that when, when we're in partnership in ministry, we really get to have opportunities to receive the best gifts of mm -hmm. other people and to not be confronted by that, to not be irritated by it, but instead to really celebrate it and allow that to be a blessing to us. Because Lord knows, if I don't have C's in my world, um, the checks don't get embezzled. They get lost under the <laughs> front seat of my car. Yeah. Like seriously, when I was in youth ministry, I got to the point where I had to have a parent there to collect money anytime there was money to be collected because I had lost a whole bunch of checks under the front seat of my car because I, I just... Uh, didn't notice the details. 
Like, I'm looking at the big forest. I'm like, what do you mean there's trees in there? Uh, who cares? It's a forest. Right. And, and so, like, in ministry, there's lots of details to manage. But there's also a big picture to see as well. And so, you know, if we learn to use those gifts to cooperate together, it's so much better. And, it, and, it, and it's a way of inviting people to share in the gift of being in ministry, right? And, and, you know, I used to feel guilty inviting people to do things that were my least favorite. Like I thought I was honoring people if I invited them to do my favorite thing. And it took me a long time to figure out that I really honor people when I ask them to do their favorite thing. Mm -hmm. And if who you are is someone who wants to do details and you're irritated by the fact that the bulletin I produce has mistakes every week, then how about this? I'll promise to have the bulletin done by Wednesday at lunchtime. And will you come edit it then? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so instead of the 80 year old being persnickety and upset with me every Sunday. Now the 80 year old and I have a nice conversation while she edits and then something perfect is produced that she can live with and be proud of. And I'm relieved that I don't have to be scolded and we have a nice conversation instead. Yeah. Win -win. I love it. it is a win. <laughs> it is a win. And I think that that's been for us uh, around here because we've, we're, I'm just finishing up year one in CCR. And so we've really utilized those things and it's, it's shaped some things we've done around here. Like knowing that uh, Shanna's an I and I'm a C and how that we work together with that. now being, able, we knew it before, but now we have actual language to put with what we're doing. Yeah. That's been very helpful. And it's also allowed us to do some restructuring that needed to happen. Uh, my youth director is a D. And so it's kind of, we've got this, um, Shanna and I both know how we need to talk to our youth director to make sure that things get done, you know, uh, they, they get done, but the time frame that they need to get done is a, sometimes different um, and acknowledging and, and, that. And, and maybe softened a little bit for Mac mm -hmm. truck style. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's, um, I think that's vital. And I think like the big thing too is um, being able to pr provide space. Like, I mean, we've already kind of talked about it a little bit, but I really do believe that that providing space for laughter is so lost in the church. I mean, we go in our churches on Sunday morning and I mean, you're a district superintendent. So you, you have the blessing of being in different churches all the time. Yep. Um, I would be intrigued. Like if you like statistically took care of it, I mean, this is definitely the seat coming out, what it would look like, like laughter in churches on Sunday, like, you know, like what that looks like, you know, being able to kind of say, Hey, you know, here's a church and here's how they handle that. You know, that, that spirit of laughter brings life and it, it can bring joy. And, and even in the midst of sorrow, um, I think it's necessary to, to be able to, to share a laugh together. Um, mm -hmm. And we need people like you to be able to bring that to the table and honor it and say, Hey, this is, this is a great thing. We needed this or we needed to laugh today because yeah. we, um, I'd be intrigued to see how many churches are just so dang serious that there's just nobody wants to be there because it's too serious. That, that'd be well, kind of a fun thing to, to think about. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's one of those scientific experiments that, um, uh, you know, the principle that, you know, by having an observer there, the, the situation changes so there's no such thing as a clean yeah experiment um 
I, I know that when I walk into a room, uh, inevitably pastors recognize, oh, the DS is with us. And somebody hands me a microphone. It says, do you want to greet everybody? You know, and maybe that happens during announcement time or during joys and concerns, or I get invited to shake hands with people at the end. And um, one of the things that I'd love to do is if the microphone gets handed to me at the end of the service, I get to reflect back to people. Here's what I heard. Here's how I see you. Um, Here's what I see God at work among you, just from that worship service. And to bring acknowledgement, to bring praise uh, to a moment like that is really empowering. And I see people's bodies relax because sometimes the whole congregation felt like, oh, we have to be good for the DS. And I'm like, oh my Lord, y'all, if you had any idea who got invited to be a hall monitor, I mean, and how ridiculous that is for me to be the one checking up on people's behavior, you know, (laughs) I am not, I'm not, you know, the mismanners of propriety. I've never been. And so I know that when that gets handed to me, I inevitably lighten things up think people are going to laugh people are going to smile um pastors who hadn't planned to do a children's message uh end up with one because i talked to the kids and engaged them mm-hmm. and you know we had a uh, you know a couple of months ago i had a conversation with a couple of kids who were visiting a church that normally doesn't have children and uh the somehow the idea of imagination got brought up and oh it was at the greeting time and one of the children had um a toy dinosaur with them and I said oh I just saw something that said we don't really know what dinosaurs look like we just have their bones so we don't know were they orange with purple polka dots um when you look at the bones of an elephant you have no idea that it would have those big floppy ears or that long bendy trunk. So what, what, what could dinosaurs look like that we have no idea from their bones? And so we just started dreaming. <gasps> Maybe they had green and white stripes, kind of like a zebra, but with a better color. Uh, <laughs> you know, and just, and think about how imaginative God was to come up with an elephant to begin with. And so we just played let's pretend for a little while. And of course, everybody's sitting around and smiling and laughing because they're, they're all grandparents. And eventually the pastor's like, so can I talk now? I'm like, sure, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I love it though. Because you're right. Who? <laughs> I feel the very same way. Who, who elected me hall monitor? Because <laughs> I am not. <laughs> in, in something in, in my churches that's helped kind of alleviate that that sense of 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 me being you know you got to be prim and proper around the pastor um of of going in and doing bar church and theology on tabs Mm. and in doing things like that and having your church come and go oh (laughs) he's just like us (laughs) i get to have those conversations of you know when when i stub my toe i say the same word you say um that's just i have the same struggles we have these same things we're 
there's no difference between us. I just get to talk about it on Sundays, you know, um, and, but just have those moments of laughter, have those moments of, oh, okay, here's what this is, you know, to, to imagine a little bit of what dinosaurs look like. We talk about those things in bar church, uh, right. you know, with people who are grandparents and, you know, have kids and everybody in between that don't get to have those conversations because this is church and we don't have those conversations, you know, and break those barriers down a little bit. Uh, it's a blast. So much fun. Absolutely. So much fun. So do you have any, any fun fairy uh, words of wisdom for us, for our listeners? Mm. Well, I think that really the biggest gift um, that I've experienced as being the fun fairy is what um, what a blessing it is to have a sense of freedom in authenticity, in self-expression. Like I, um, I, I can be appropriate. I do have filters. I'm not going to crack jokes, uh, um, you know, at somebody's bedside while they're dying, unless the family has started telling stories and they're funny. Mm-hmm. You know, if the family goes there, then I can certainly go there with them, but I'm not going to start it. Um, but to, to, really, to really get to be my authentic self and to bring who I am to the table, whatever that is, means that I don't, I don't worry anymore about bringing my emotions to ministry. For instance, if you're telling me a touching story and I tear up, I'm, I'm going to tear up and I'm going to let myself cry. I'm not going to try to suck that back. Um, if you're funny, I'm going to laugh. If, um, you know, whatever, whatever's going on, I'm going to join truly and be with be in the moment with as is natural for me and i think that's really important because you know so often we get told particularly as pastors we need to be a certain way so introverts get told you need to be more outgoing extroverts get told you need to calm down quiet people get told that you need to be louder. Loud people get told they need to be quieter. You know, nothing's ever, nothing's ever perfect. Nothing's ever exactly the way some other observer wants us to be. And that's, that's real. That's what life is. And, and to me, that's where we really get to celebrate as followers of Jesus what it means to live into an incarnational faith. Christians are hardwired to respond to God in the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. And to respond to, oh, here's a sense of the holy in the middle of real life. For God so loved the world that Jesus came into the neighborhood. And I, I think it matters for us to be ourselves with people. And maybe there are times when 
you do have to speak up so that your voice gets picked up by the sound system and you can be heard when you're preaching. Okay, but you don't have to act like I do in order to be beloved child of God, effective pastor, um, a sincere and dedicated leader. You need to be yourself. That's the gift that each of us brings. And that's who God called into ministry, is you, who you are. And yes, we have, you know, I feel like we have a responsibility. And so that is where I see the use for that word. We have a responsibility to be in the process of moving on to perfection, but it's moving on to what's perfect for me, not moving on to the perfection of some romanticized, idealized, this is the perfect pastor. Because you know what? Most of us are not going to be 35 white straight males who are married with 2.5 children and no pets or maybe, maybe a goldfish so that we don't mess up a parsonage. That's not who we are. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I love that. And, and I think what it, it, all of that wrapped in is, it, is the first thing you said. I was given permission to be as big as God created me to be. And, and unfortunately, I think we need that permission sometimes uh, as people to be who God created us to be. Because like you said, so many people have told loud folks to be quiet, quiet folks to be loud and introverts to be extroverts in all of this. Right. And, and where does that end? Does that just create us to be this one little thing? And Oh my God, who cares? We'd be so boring. Right. If we were all the same and, and, thank God we are not, that we are all created uniquely and beautifully. And, and it's unfortunate that we need as people the permission to go and be who we are created to be. Um, but that permission is so important anymore. Um, right. Because and so much of the And it's not just pastors that need that permission. Absolutely. It's every single person in our church Everyone. needs that permission. And every person we encounter in the community. Mm -hmm. Everybody is carrying around some baggage yep. of how they were told, you're not right, you're not enough, whatever. Yeah. And some people hold that more closely and more poisonously than others. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a form of sin when we, when we don't receive people and accept the gifts of who they are and that they have to bring. And so if we give permission to be them, permission for people to be themselves, and then we really, we don't just celebrate it, we actually use it. Like we are good stewards of those gifts. I think that's what delights God is for giraffes to be giraffes and hamsters to be hamsters and to quit trying to be each other. Yeah. Do you watch Queer Eye? I have not gotten to see that. Oh I'm my too God. cheap to pay for cable. So. Uh, Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix <laughs> account. If not, Zach will give you his Netflix login. We'll talk later. So, okay. so, <laughs> Wait, in, you're not going to broadcast on, that, on the podcast? <laughs> if anybody wants it, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> If you're willing to sponsor one month of the Bearded Theologian. Oh, okay. Got no, it. So, so th this is the whole premise of Queer Eye, right? These uh, five guys, very gay guys come in and, and they come into somebody's life for a week. 
and they don't tell them you need to change this, you need to change that, you need to change this to, to be better. They take the qualities of who that person is, man, you're, you're beautiful, you, you have a great sense of humor, you're driven, you're this, you're that, and for some reason in your life, you've had to set that aside and be this. Recapture those. And, and, and the beautiful thing, you know, it's, it's a makeover show, right? Yeah. It's, it's, but so much of what they do outside of cutting someone's hair and changing, you know, getting them clothes that fit and those types of things, which are huge self-esteem boosters, right? Sure. They make us feel good because we look good. 90% of the work they do with people of remember who you are. Remember who you have been created to be. Don't change that. Don't suppress that. Live into it. And uh, whatever it is that's holding you back, let's get rid of that. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch people come in and just love people for who they are and then how that changes the world. Such a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, sorry, I don't know. I just, I watch it and it's great and it makes my heart happy. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, and that's not a new idea. I mean, like, like no, that's the story of the ugly duckling, right? Right, right. <laughs> of course you're an ugly duck. You're a swan. <laughs> you're a swan. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You're a beautiful but, swan. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the, how, what little bit do people need from us as humans, you know, from each other? What do we need to live into that? Uh, what do we need to let go of to that's holding us back so that we can be who we are called uh, and created to be? Uh, I think that's beautiful. Uh, so Mario, we password after this and so just binge watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely worth a while. Um, after appointment season, after I appointment might have season. time for that. <laughs> <laughs> or you might need to watch it like just to kind of de-stress after a long day, just to let go uh, <laughs> but uh, margaret we, we thank you for your time and thank you for your presence uh on the podcast today um and we want to encourage our listeners to go online uh to our website at beardedtheologians.com we've got some uh, great past uh podcasts and blog posts up we've got some items obviously for sale because you can always buy bearded theologians gear um and um we thank you for you and so for the bearded theologians i'm matt franks i'm zach bechtel thanks for checking us out We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, and we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day.